All right. And welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? Where we talk about different case ethics and professional standards, committee cases, and we just see, you know, what would we do? I have with me here today, Jim Camarada. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jennifer. How you doing? Nice to see you today. And Jim is in Minnesota with Keller Williams. And we're going to talk today about love letters. Everybody's favorite topic. Yeah. Well, I know, um, I mean, this, we talked about doing this one just because Oregon was the first state to ban them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this was from Inman News. Uh, So hopefully everybody reads the the publication. But it really was interesting. Uh, Oregon is the first state to require real estate agents to reject the so-called love letters from home buyers to sellers. It's interesting because we've talked about this on the pod, like the, you know, the Monday series mm-hmm. podcast, like should the buyers provide a letter to the sellers? And we got a lot of differing opinions, but can you provide some clarity on why Oregon has banned them? Well, according to the article, these letters often paint a personal picture meant to tug at the heartstrings of the seller. Mm-hmm. It's very effective. Right. However, <laughs> critics say they can also reveal information about buyers that could be used to discriminate against them or others, right. consciously or otherwise, in violation of the Fair Housing Act. And that's the big problem, right? So it's like, I think the argument is, is, well, yeah, we want, as the buyer, we want them to understand what this home means to us, especially if you have a seller where that's important to them. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is like when it comes into conflict with fair housing or potentially, right? Even if that's not the intent, it's, it's a possibility. Well, NAR advises its members to only consider legitimate, non-discriminatory criteria when selling a home. Failing to do so could leave agents in a compromised position, according to the spokesman. Uh, They also recommend that our members explain potential pitfalls to their clients while stressing the importance of sticking to, and I like this part, objective criteria in order to adhere to federal and state fair housing laws. The new law explicitly says banning the letters should help sellers avoid discriminating against potential buyers based on familial or marital status, in addition to a buyer's race, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, or religion. So I wonder though, let me ask you this. I, I mean, obviously fair housing is a good idea. Fair housing laws are in place for a reason. They're good, right? But like the reality is, is that buyers and sellers know more about each other than they ever have before because everything's on the internet, right? So do you think that, I don't think that banning these letters, while I understand the idea, I don't think it's it's necessarily, because people will go online and look things up. They have their name there. I think like maybe the only real way to do it is not even have like a name or anything, on the contract or somehow have that be hidden? What do you think about that? Well, then you don't have a legal contract. No, have it be hidden. So it's there, but like, because people, that is identifying information. Like if I, if my name, people can look me up, even at times, like some of the contracts, they have a, an address. 
of where the person lives. And it's so easy to find out information about people. Yeah. And, and unfortunately we cannot control that, you know, so that that's beyond what we can control. What we can control as agents is providing this kind of personal information that could prove discriminatory. Yeah. That that's on us. We can't, we can't prohibit them from walking down the street and talking to each other. We can't, prevent them from talking over lunch, you know, whatever. We can't control that. What we can't control is what we provide back and forth in terms of the documents. And so they are suggesting just keep it to the relevant information about the purchase agreement and all the various addenda. No, that makes sense. Well, let's, um, I want to talk I want to mention two of our partnerships for the podcast that we have. And then when we come back, I want to discuss what you've seen for fines when people violate fair housing. So for our partners, I want to mention, who should we talk about? Let's talk about Ghost Poster. So Ghost Poster is Monica Weekly's um, company where she helps you figure out like what you're going to post on your social media. So if you go to ghostposter.com and enter in Fight Club, then you'll get 50, yeah, you get $50 off. And then the other one I want to mention is um, Real Support Solutions. So realsupportsolutions.com. And what they do is they take all the admin work off your table. So if you go there, enter promo code Fight Club, you'll receive $100 off or three hours of training. So that's a good deal. All right. So Jim, what are the violations that you have seen when, or what are the penalties that you've seen when people violate fair housing laws when realtors do? Very fortunately, I have not seen them. Okay. I have not. And because we drill it into the heads of our agents in the office, you know, it's, it's just something that we thank goodness have not had to experience. But they could potentially, like, if they were found in violation of fair housing laws, I mean, you could lose your license. Ultimately, you could. Yeah, you could have it suspended. You could lose your license. There are any number of uh, remedies as opposed to ethics. Ethics violations are are, uh, somewhat different. Right. Violating a federal or state law. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be different from state to state. Mm-hmm. Depending on the Department of Commerce or you know the licensing organization in that particular state. So, like I said, fortunately, I have no personal knowledge. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yes. Let's not violate fair housing. <laughs> yeah. So as a broker, I'm breathing a, a sigh of relief. Yeah, for now. We'll see. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Well, Jim, if people have a referral for you in Minnesota or they have a question that they need help with, what is the best way to get a hold of you? 612-562-7461. Excellent. Thank you so much. Or call. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on. Have a great rest of the day. As always, thank you, Jennifer. Bye. Bye.